0: Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Justin, and I am proud to announce the release on DVD of Ninjas vs. Vampires, the movie. That's right, the movie that Big Daddy Horror Reviews called one of the top 10 independent horror films of 2010 is coming out on DVD, and you can order it now by going to Vampires.com. Now, you want to go there because if you go to Vampires.com, you will get a free audio CD with music from the movie, stuff about the Enlight Podcast Network will be all over it, extra content, commentary, all sorts of stuff that you can't get anywhere else except by going to ninjasvsvampires.com So go there to get it. The movie is out. Ninjas vs. Vampires the movie at vampires.com.
1: We are now part of the Enlight Podcast Network with such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, The Hot Mess Podcast with Phil Stamper and Ninjas vs. You. Subscribe to those. They're going to be fun. It's going to be neat com. Go there!
0: Welcome to Pop-Off. I'm Justin and with me today is the man himself, Daniel Ross. Hi, Daniel. Bong! Bong! <laughs> So today we are talking about Mr. Silent Bob himself, Kevin Smith, pillow pants for life as my Kevin Smith doll says. Um, and Kevin, if you're listening, don't be weirded out by that dude. You sold it. so And it's is. been
1: staring at me every time I hang out in this guy's basement.
0: So I've got this thing that I got from the View School website and it's uh, it's this doll of Kevin Smith um, and he's dressed up as if he were in the Clerks cartoon and he's wearing a movie shirt that says 37 because 37 <laughs> is funny. Um and it says on the front, pillow pants for life. Who's, so of course, the pussy troll. Of course, too. And he opens up as if he's deliberately designed to be a place to stash your weed. Because <laughs> um, for what other... Shh, don't give it away. Because for what other reason... Would, I love that he is wearing boxer
1: shorts. It's, it's actually for potpourri.
0: Um, so, yeah, on this podcast, uh, we have talked about Transformers and Doctor Who. We've talked about Twilight. We've... Talked about uh, things of pop culture, World of Warcraft, and today we're talking about um,
1: the one, force that is.
0: We're we're talking about the one that is one of the probably four things that are probably the closest to my heart when it ter- when it comes to pop culture stuff. Um, if it were to be like Star Trek, of course, because I do Trek off podcast, um, but like Star Wars and Kevin Smith and Joss Whedon, and that's like like I like other stuff, but that's like like I love Lost, but it doesn't really. I don't have lost dolls. I don't have Sawyer dolls sitting around.
1: I like going to the bathroom. That's where you get lost. Exactly. I'm in the bathroom. Where am I? I have little action figures for when I go to the bathroom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little poops. <laughs> take, take little like, poops out. Take you,
1: that, Mr. Flushy. You, you, you petrify
0: <laughs> them. You stick toothpicks in them. <laughs> you're, you're like, I have the whole set. So, Kevin Smith, uh, I guess one of the things that for me has been most relevant to him. We'll get to it when we actually talk about the movie, but the reason that we are sort of like the Nlight podcast network is is spun off of Nlight Entertainment, which is spun off from the idea of doing the movie Ninjas versus Z- Zombies that we ri- originally did. Mm. That we did. We make movies. Yeah, we do make movies and we did that um we made the decision to do that walking out of Clerks 2 in the lobby of the theater. We said, "God, I want to make a movie."
1: And I was like, "Yeah, that'd be cool."
0: So, let's jump back to Clerks, man. So, Clerks came out, what was it, like, it was 1980, 1995. Kevin Smith, as, uh, as far as I've heard autobiographically, he was um, from Red Bank, New Jersey and had gone to film school for a little while where he met um, his longtime producer and friend, Scott Mosier, um, where he then came back uh, having left film school, wanting to do things himself. And while working in, uh, while working in RST Video uh, next to the Quick Stop, he was writing in the back, inspired uh, a lot by Quentin Tarantino. Basically, maxed out credit cards to do for a movie called Clerks. That sounds familiar. Uh, um, basing it a lot on his friends, on like his friends Brian Johnson and and uh, Jason Mewes, uh, who like was Jay was like Jason Mewes was at one point. Although, from what I understand, when Jason Mewes was playing Jay, that wasn't exactly how Jay was anymore. <clears throat> but it's like a younger version of what Jason Mewes used to be. Um and you had Kevin Smith who was going to play Randall and then cast uh cast Jeff Anderson in the part, Brian O'Halloran as uh as Dante, and then Kevin Smith stepping in as Silent Bob to round it out. And a couple of girls I don't know of their names who uh who play um Dante's ex-girlfriends. Um and basically all his friends repeating roles throughout the movie. So you see Scott Mosier in it. As four different guys, and you see Brian, you know every, that Walt Flanagan. Blows my mind. Yeah, it's just they but they're in there. They're like in there all the time. In the, I'm, I'm not talking from movie to movie. I'm talking in the same movie. Yeah, just playing different guys because they, they just so didn't. Literally,
1: them. before we started this podcast, we were watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah,
0: it's had sort of a refresher course so on the East universe. How many
1: versions of Ben Affleck can we have? I know it's awesome. I mean, wow. Affleck's
0: was the bomb in phantoms, yo. <laughs> So Clerks, uh, clerks, he made on his own and he he shopped to festivals and stuff, got picked up by uh, Harvey Boys, actually the name of Kevin Smith's uh, film production company now. Uh, oh, you just blew my mind. Yeah, because drink more. he's honoring. His, so anyway, so he he does that. He gets a lot of acclaim. It's released theatrically. It wins a whole bunch of of uh, of festivals and gets out there. And Kevin Smith suddenly is the new it guy he's being he's being included you know next to Soderbergh and Tarantino and he's sort of supposed to be the new voice of of a generation and for I don't think he necessarily was at that point I think he was a voice of the geek generation like like he certainly he a
1: voice of reason
0: certainly as a filmmaker he's certainly as a filmmaker he was like the voice of guys like me to a point like like the 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 casual use of profanity and the and and the geek references all the time and the like in a way that it that it was just never aggressive. It was always like re, like relatively friendly, just people sitting around talking. I would say that Clerks is sort of my first example like if you watch Clerks it's like listening to a podcast, sort of.
1: Yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of back and forth in it and uh it's just brilliant.
0: So okay, so Kevin Smith um is signed I think Universal puts out his next film, which is Mall Rats, which is uh which is supposed to be the they said they wanted a smart porkies was the idea for Mall Rats. And what he gave, you know, the, this is on the on the DVD. It says what they got was mall rats. And he comes straight out of saying Mallrats rats was sort of a failure. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Do you like that? OK. This, I loved mall rats. This is this is sort of the first question, right? That's it's between clerks and mall rats. Generally, the, the the I guess the conventional wisdom is that clerks is the more beloved. But between the two, which would if you if you like had to pop in one of the two to watch, which one would you pop in
1: clerks? Really? Yeah why just it's it's a verbal a verbally entertaining assault on my senses i i could i could pop in michael bay for explosions and stuff of that nature if i want to verbally be assaulted by awesomeness then i pop in kevin smith and clerks um mall rats i mean my favorite moment is when you know his head pops through the dressing room with the naked chick i mean who did like that?
0: Which is uh, Joy Lauren Adams, who went on to be Alyssa Jones in *Chasing Amy. <laughs>
1: wow,
0: who was like his girlfriend at the time? I think. Awkward. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, if you go like for me, I love Clerks. I can watch Clerks. I can you know recite it back and forth. Some about Rats I find very sweet. You
1: can recite anything back and forth. You're weird. I'm sorry. You, this this guy can pull out a reference from any movie, anytime, anywhere. It's un it's weird.
0: The funny thing is I'm like okay, I'm going to wow you with my like reference to that and I'm like like uh I <laughs> don't know what to say. Um, yeah, you are not going to get that in me. No, um <laughs> so so the I mean for me there's a joy to Mallrats that I really like. There's a it is in my opinion Kevin Smith's um one of his most confident movies. You sort of get the sense that he he's coming off a big win. Right. Clerks is oh, a yeah, clearly and and he's like it's directed with uh, I don't I don't want to say arrogance because it's not arrogance, but it's it's directed with just sort of I can do whatever if, pride. If, if I want to get Terry from Three's Company to show her boobs in the movie, I can do that. If I want to if I want to have, you know, Jane Silent Bob be ridiculous and fly like Batman and Robin, I can do that. It's whatever he sort of feels like he can do, he can do. And he had never had a loss at that point. He had had. Like Clerks was a big win. He went into this going, I can do this. I've made it. I'm in Hollywood, and I'm making a studio movie, and it's Mallrats, and I get to use myself and my buddy Jay, and and it tanked. <laughs> it, it was really poorly received. Did it really? It really did. People didn't. People didn't dig it.
1: I received it well.
0: I, you know, here's the thing. I, because of the joy of that film and how much he's clearly enjoying himself, I really dig that film a lot. I dig rats a hell of a lot and I would say that I would be as inclined if not maybe slightly more inclined to pop in
1: rats than I would over over Clarks. Because, well, that's the difference between you and me, Tim Payne.
0: First of all, Mallrats is fun because it's you you get your cast of regulars. Yes, uh, Jeff Jeff Anderson and Brian Halloran show up and other and other things, but you that's the first one where that movie has Jason Lee and Ben Affleck,
1: Fuck yeah. and
0: and join Lauren Adams, Fuck and yeah. and you're like these are these are the askew people, and you see them in different roles. Drunk, silent Bob. I'm sorry, it's, I'm sorry, silent Bob. And he
1: fell in half. The potpourri It's sp- okay. Spilled out. He, he won't right? He won't
0: tell anyone, because oh. <laughs> he's silent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny.
1: Yeah. Um So he occasionally says things.
0: So what I. Wh- it was interesting what came out of that, right? So he he has sort of his loss in Mallrats, and it's first time that he has to sort of take his lumps, and he comes out of that. And Mallrats, I, I think Mallrats had at least a budget in the millions, probably like I don't I don't know the budget, but like probably it's, it. Just looking at it, it looks like it's somewhere between like eight and twelve. I mean, they had
1: to build an entire mall. No,
0: <laughs> but they got stars. They got Michael Rooker. They got they they shot in two malls. They shut down a mall to do it. He came out of that and. Having taken his lumps, he's given um, money to make Chasing Amy. And he makes it for, I think it was made for $316,000, something like that. That's a lot of I, money. Yeah, but compared to compared to millions for Mallrats, he goes back, like in Hollywood terms, like the fact that he had to hire SAG actors and probably, a, I, I don't know if it was a union crew or not, but like had to like actually hire, unlike like with Clerks, he just got his friends to do stuff for him the way mm. that we often do. But like the fact that he had to hire a higher union crew, he like he the movie that came out really restored people's respect to him. Like he won awards, an Independent Spirit Award. He was just everywhere with that film, and that film was like, okay, you can make a decent film. Now, just talking really quick about uh, about Mallrats and Chasing Amy. If you haven't seen Mallrats, story of two guys in a mall trying to get their girls back while. Also, simultaneously, simultaneously, trying to shut down a a matchmaking show, chasing Amy is is in its simplest explanation is the the story of a guy who falls in love with a lesbian and gets her to fall in love with him, but can't take can't emotionally handle her past. The character Alyssa, he finds out that it was rumored that she basically you know was blowing a guy while she was also getting done from behind by a guy.
1: Um, yeah, it makes sense
0: and. And the thing about it is that it it shuts down Ben Holden's relationship with her because he can't take the the her sexual baggage from her past. And both the fact that she was experienced and had experienced things that he didn't understand being a lesbian, but also she had been with other guys. And and that ultimately the thing that destroys their relationship is is that. Is is the fact that he can't handle her past and the fact that I'm coming into this when I saw the film I was no longer like this but as a having been that guy in high school I think we were all like with our first girlfriend like had that time when we were kind of that guy you know where we we first dated someone who had sort of a sexual past that was far more experienced than ours and suddenly we found ourselves like being really. Sort of ooged out by the fact that they've ever been with anyone else, and the, it's exemplified so well in that film that I think that's why it spoke to me as well as it did. I think that I, I watched and I was like, "Why would I, you be ooged out?" Well, that's it. I mean, that's the thing is, is as an adult you're not like that so much anymore. But you're, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, the the jealousy of the jealousy of a girlfriend's past is that like, it's if you haven't felt it, you've probably known a guy who wrecked a relationship because he couldn't get over some girl's, you know prior boyfriends when i first saw that movie i was like really it wrecked me dude it made it like i watched it i was like i couldn't i was like found myself painted in that movie really a lot like sort of like fuck you ever watch a movie where you see someone portraying a character in an uh in like an unfavorable light on the screen and you just got to go
1: fuck that's me no i've done that in two of your movies really yeah
0: you found yourself doing things and you went that's not the character. Like that character I'm watching is like me, but the least attractive version of me.
1: Exactly. Really? Me as a ninja is the least attractive version of me. Very funny. <laughs>
0: um, like like I felt like the character was me, and it was something that I had not seen portrayed in such an honest light. And I think that's what spoke to people, from from Amy. So like I think I think that got him got got his sort of cred back as a filmmaker, and then he put out the movie that look, I. Uh, Daniel, I know that you've seen Clerks a couple times. You've seen Mallrats yes. probably once. A couple um, times. Uh, Chasing Amy, I don't I even, just have a terrible memory. I don't know if you've ever seen Chasing We're Amy. We're talking about Joss Whedon, right? Uh, but we will, so keep tuning into the podcast. One day we will. Um, so the the movie that I think a lot of people jumped on to Kevin Smith is his fourth fourth film, which is Dogma.
1: Some funny shit, by the way.
0: So I guess the one thing it's, it's worth noting that he did um, after making Chasing Amy... Is uh, Ben Affleck uh, with his friend Matt Damon came to Kevin Smith with a little script that they wrote, and said, "Hey, can you hand this to the Weinsteins? It's called Goodwill Hunting." And so, if you watch the opening credits of Goodwill Hunting, it says executive producer Kevin Smith um, because he he hooked them up; he hooked the whole deal up. So that's really nice of him. So, um, after they. Sh- shot that they turn around and they shot dogma they had no reason to think goodwill hunting was going to be a huge movie so they turn around and they shot dogma and i was
1: a fan th- of the sequel
0: dogma oh goodwill hunting too. yeah hunting, hunting season. season
1: that was amazing applesauce
0: bitch <laughs> um i uh, and dogma for anyone who hasn't seen it which if you're listening to this i can't believe you haven't but dogma is the story of two angels uh who have been kicked out of heaven and they in their attempt to read to reenter heaven they discover a church that has said that if you enter through the gate of the church you will be able to go to heaven and so they decide to go to that church and cut off their wings become human and go into the church and be forgiven reenter heaven and because God kicked them out and said you can never return and now they are able to return. They're unwittingly going to destroy all of existence because God's word is, is being put against itself. Um, Stupid angels. Uh and so god sends down rufus um played by chris rock and the metatron uh uh played by alan rickman to lead linda fiorentino's character i forget her
1: name no affiliation with disney's tron by the way um very good um uh, sorry no affiliation with disney's tron metatron legacy (laughs) we're just like metatron but like the same plot with better effects
0: (laughs) <laughs> um essentially they they contact the last scion who is uh, the great 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 whatever grandniece of Christ and she's told to look for two for two prophets and of course they end up being Jane Saul Lebb. Um and so that that's the plot of the movie. Um Kevin Smith is is come out and said I that he's a Christian. Um most you know a Catholic. And he said this movie was supposed to be his evangelical movie. This is a movie that says God exists. Jesus exists. This is why I'm saying that this I'm making a comedy within it. I don't think that Jesus would have a problem with poop jokes. I don't think that Jesus would really have a huge problem with the word fuck. I think that Jesus would have a problem with people being assholes to each other and blah, blah, And This was supposed to be his movie that he thought like people would be able to get into. And instead who's boycotted by the Catholic League had protests by Catholics outside of the premieres um, to which he very famously uh, nobody knew who he was very famously grabbed a sign and started walking around with them um,
1: <laughs> I just love dogma because Alana Morissette was God
0: and she does actually I love her performance as God you anyway, know just sort of jumping around
1: it would have been better if he got her like post boyfriend rage that would have been, you know, the. That would have been a different. God. It's. It would have been fun to watch.
0: So that's, I mean, I, I, I think for a lot of people that was the jumping on board, uh, point because it came out right after, um, well, it was shot while Goodwill Hunting, um, after Goodwill Hunting was done, but before it came out.
1: By the and, way, one of my favorite porns, Goodwill Hunting.
0: Oh really? Yes. Is there really? Yeah. Totally. Really?
1: Dude, you can find movie like. Themed porns all over the place.
0: Shaving Ryan's privates.
1: Yeah, Mrs. Assfire. Mrs. Assfire. Um,
0: this is worth getting into. Sex Trek, Sex Trek Three: The Wrath of Bob.
1: Ooh, hey, pirates!
0: Funny that I knew that.
1: <laughs> Funny is right. <laughs> you know the, the <laughs> thing
0: is, I I have never seen the Sex Trek uh, movies, but back when tell you, you don't
1: know what you're missing. So back, like Ahura in... knows how to communicate.
0: <laughs> she likes to open her hailing frequencies.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Cock. Makes uh, you wonder what Spock's real uh, <laughs> hand Oh <similar> no. <laughs> deep door kiss movement. No. <laughs> um, I know that. Um, uh, so the the
0: Back in the '90s, I used to get the uh, I used to get the cable guide. Yeah, like did you get the cable guide? Because we both lived in Montgomery County, so you get the big like magazine size cable guide. Oh,
1: God, I remember for, that. for the cable. I tried to forget that when I had you know applications on my phone. So what they Those would the like medieval ages.
0: So what they would have in the cable guide? You didn't have a pay per view on demand. If you ordered a pay per view, it started at a certain time, and and you had so lame it started a certain time they they had actually as many channels you had like 200 channels most of them were pay most of them were pay per view because they were trying some of them were just squiggly lines you'd like to sit and watch they were actually if you shook your head the right way maybe you'd be able to, <laughs> to look between them you know you did it <laughs> i know or or like like every like 2 minutes or so they like for 6 frames the squiggly lines would go away mm-hmm. yeah uh, so and then um, you get squiggly lines um so so they had the names of all the movies available for pay-per-view, including the adult movies, in that uh, in the cable guide that used to come out in the 90s. And so I used to actually take that cable guide and we would like read it, like we would read it back and forth on the phone. And it was like at the time. I would say fifty percent of the porn movies that were on there were parodies of real movies. <laughs> you know, Schindler's Fist. I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know if there was a Schindler's. <laughs> Jurassic. It, I think Jurassic Pork did exist. I think oh there was yes. Um, yeah, but it's
1: great. You can take any movie and do that. It's fantastic. All right, name me three. Uh, uh okay, let's go with Kevin Smith. Clerks. Um, jerks. Um, let's go with Clerks two.
0: Jerks poo. <laughs>
1: jay and silent bob strike back um um
0: bob bob and silent jay um strike in the back
1: (laughs) okay i'll give you some credit for that (laughs) but it can be done ball rats there there you go there you go dogma (laughs) no that one's illegal
0: zach and mary make a porno So I think a lot of people jumped on to Dogma. I think I think a lot of people saw Dogma.
1: Can I ask you something completely unrelated? Sure. How come we haven't seen Wayne's World versus Beavis and Butthead?
0: Versus Bill and Ted versus Jay and Simon the Pop?
1: Yeah. Do you know how much money that would make?
0: Um. Yeah, a lot. It would um, make a lot of money. And, Beavis and, and but- I would watch it. And actually, Wayne's World and Beavis and Butthead are both Paramount. So
1: Ooh. You know what else is Paramount? What? Friday the 13th. Not anymore. No?
0: No. It's new line. New Line. Mm -hmm. They licensed the name. They licensed the Jason character. But if we're gonna jump completely off track, they licensed the Jason character back in uh, like the late nine or mid nineties. So that's why you had Friday the Thirteenth all the way through Part Eight, and then after Part Eight, Jason. They were all called Jason because New Line bought them and started putting out. That's why the Freddy glove can start showing up because because New Line wanted to make Freddy versus Jason all the way back in like the mid nineties, but they. Um, for whatever reason, Paramount held on to the name, so it wasn't until the the reboot. Of his Friday, name was Crave Wesley. Uh, <laughs> 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 I just remind uh, the Colbert the other on uh, Colbert Report the other day, uh, James Franco was on. He came on as his evil twin, Frank James-O. Jameso. <laughs> <laughs> So after Dogma, I think everybody kind of had had jumped on, and Dogma did fairly well. Um, didn't make tons of dough, but it did it did well enough, and it did super 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 well on DVD. Like everybody got a chance to see it at some point, and I know a lot of people who saw that. I so, love Dogma. So he followed Dogma up with the movie that we watched tonight, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, you get the sense. I think it's I think coming off Dogma, it's his most confident movie since Mallrats. And I think that it is uh, just a, it, the movie is confident as hell. Everybody kind of wanted to be part of it. It's got celebrity after celebrity after celebrity after celebrity just showing up all over the film. Um, anywhere from old school celebrities like Carrie Fisher to people who were really hot at the time like Jason Biggs and and Vanderbilt and everyone in between Chris Rock, who people had been in his movies before. People just all across the board. Everybody wanted to be part of the film and. Um, And you got the sense that it was going to be a big deal. And it kind of wasn't. I think there was a level of disappointment with the fact that it it did business and it it made money. Every single one of Kevin Smith's movies have made money. He makes that it's supposed to be the end of the universe, And uh, it does well. God bless you. It's done. Thank you. Um, It's done very well um, on TV, on cable didn't do that well theatrically. Um, That was the point when I, that was right when I started getting into the internet myself and getting into really following like movie stuff. And I just started following movie box office. And so I was really, I was like really into like seeing how it did. And I was, I was sure we were going to watch this movie like explode. Like I, like I was so excited for that film to come out that when it came out and I heard that like, I thought it was going to be sold out. I bought the tickets like two days ahead of time. I was like, this is going to be the one. And even the poster, the poster very, you know, very, again, confidently has Jay up there up front with Will Ferrell and Ben Affleck. And he's just surrounded by stars. And you're like, okay, this is going to be a huge film. And when I found that it wasn't, I just, I was just, I didn't understand. And it's not the first time this has happened. It happened like when Serenity came out, for instance. I was sure that the world was waiting for this huge movie that was going to be just enormous and instead I watched it sort of not do what I thought it was going to do. Did you see Jane Silent Bob in the theaters? Yes, I did. Okay, so I was a big fan of um of Firefly. And as a big fan of Firefly, I fully expected that the rest of the world like me was going to be incredibly excited about Serenity when it came out. And when and was I was the rest
1: of the world excited?
0: Well, no. No, decidedly not. Um
1: why do you think that is? I uh,
0: I think be, I I think that's probably because uh Serenity was appealing to Firefly fans and and in like in sort of the microcosm of Firefly fandom I was so excited and I was on like I was looking on the Firefly website and I was watching the trailers and I was into it and everyone I was, you know, talking to online and stuff was into it. So when I finally got in the theater, I thought that was somehow going to translate to the general public. And of course,
1: you I, were disappointed.
0: I got I not in the movie. No, but in the attendance and the box office, I was and I think that ended up being. Yeah, but
1: let's be clear. The attendance of a movie makes or breaks the movie experience in oh. most cases.
0: Yeah, it's Because you
1: you, you you really wait for the people to be like, yeah, that's awesome, really cool, funny, ha ha ha. And sometimes if that's not there, you're just like, ha, ha, ha I'm well, laughing by myself.
0: Well, and I think also when you have a vested interest in how a movie does, I have this feeling when I look at when I watch Jane and of the Bob, and I watch, just like when I do Serenity, I go, how could you not like watch this and appreciate it? You didn't have to be a Kevin Smith fan to like it. If you saw Good Will Hunting, that I mean that scene is funny. It's funny without, like, you don't have to know who James the Bob is to know that watching him pull out a shotgun and go hunting.
1: See, that's funny shit. It was pretty funny, um, especially the frosted hair. <laughs> you frosted your hair? They're great. Um, <laughs> so, look, it's,
0: while not a box office smash, James the Bob did really well on cable. It did really, really well on DVD. And when Kevin Smith made it, he made it for... Um, not that much money. So ultimately, that's what matters, right? Is how much money the movie makes versus how much money you spent. And so it was a financial success. Everybody made money. Which you know, the thing is, is Kevin Smith is often called out for not being successful when, in fact, the success or non-success of, of Jane and Bob. Um, I feel like it was an artistic success, and I think that over the long term, I still see it on TV, which I can't say for a lot of movies that came out ten years ago. So, um, he went off of that. Into- it was funny. We'll talk very briefly about his next movie, Jersey Girl. Um, Ouch. Uh, you know who, uh, you know that like Seth Green was up for the role of Jay? The, like really famously after Clerks when they were casting Mallrats. Can rats. you
1: imagine that? Well,
0: okay, so here's the deal. I forget who the other guy was, Seth Green and someone else. But um, but according to like what I, like Kevin's talked about on Smotcast that um, after Clerks came out, they wanted to make Mallrats and they weren't comfortable with Jay playing Jay such a big role in the movie they wanted a you know it was a big funny comic role lots of lines so they went to recast the role and says a dick move yeah and Seth Green um, Jay had to audition for it but unlike like when they finally said okay it looks good they still weren't sure about how he's gonna do so they shot the first like few days of shooting going you might we might not keep this we might still bring like one of these other guys back to <laughs> Such do it for a you, move. and even when they said, "Okay, yeah, you can stay," they didn't put him up in a hotel or anything. He had to like stay at, in Kevin's hotel room. Wouldn't you? If I had known Kevin my whole life, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a cot. He's, you know what? I'll just I'll just be in the corner while I you undress.
0: I can understand why people follow that guy, man. I mean, it's he, he just he has a, there's a quality about him that makes you kind of want to you feel like you're his friend like when you don't know him. He's it's like Howard Stern in that way. I think it's why his his new radio venture is going to do well. It's when when the guy talks, you feel like he's talking right to you. You feel like he he gets where you're coming from, you get where he's coming from, and I think that like if he had not been a filmmaker, I think he would have made it as a broadcaster, because that's what a good broadcaster I think does. So coming off Jersey Girl, um I think Kevin considers it to be a failure. He he has said once twice I dig the flick, but he also has has admitted that it's you know, it's people didn't like it and it probably has more to do with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and Geely and the it got confused with Geely. Um we'll just jump to the next one. It which, would
1: have been a success if he cast Jessica Alba.
0: Um, you know, I think it would have been a success if he had cast anyone except Jennifer Lopez at that point. Oh, Jen, I know you're listening, and I love you dearly. Um, uh, so that brings us, I guess, to the movie that started all this. So, Clerks two. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, plot wise, you've probably seen it. It Follows the further adventures of Dante and Randall. Whereas the theme of the first Clerks was that Dante and Randall had to learn to to accept their place as twenty something. Clerks now clerks two is whereas thirty something's they should maybe strive for something more. And uh and Hilarity Ensues is a great movie. I really like it. Um and I could talk about its its merits on its own. Um
1: seriously, Donkey
0: Show. Donkey Show. Oh, the the, the funny stuff, the pussy troll of <laughs> Trevor, just the entire character of Trevor. The Harry the, um, uh,
1: the the Lord of the Rings ripoff. Oh my gosh. Uh uh
0: not but, ripoff rand. Yeah.
1: Um but ultimately, for me, damn it, here come the cops! I better hurry up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, cake. Um, ultimately, for me, it was the jail scene. In the jail scene, it's Dante and Randall. They're sitting there and they're being dissatisfied with what's happened, and they're arguing. And Randall says uh, to Dante, "says Given the given his choice, what would he do?" And he goes, "I would buy the quick stop." And then we would basically work there and we'd be friends and working on this for the rest of our lives. And that's what do. we do. I'd take over and I'd do it. Um, and you and I were at a point, uh, personally, professionally, um, where not everything was going the way that we wanted it to be going.
1: By the way, we're actors. If yeah. If you hadn't mentioned that before.
0: Um, and... We were trying to do projects and we we're trying to get into into roles and things together. And in, in some ways, we we're trying to just get roles at all um, in the Washington D.C. area, and it wasn't working as we wanted. And the roles we were getting are not the sort of things that we wanted to do. I know. And and we were like, "Look, oh, I, I don't want to wait anymore for for you know for us to get that break. Let's make it." And we made that decision. We 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 walked out of that theater and we said, "We're going to buy the Quick Stop. We're going to go do it." ourselves we're going to make our own movies we're going to make our own roles we're going to sort of forge our own destinies for better or worse and that is what started ninjas versus zombies which started Endlight, which started ninjas versus vampires which started the zombies comic the video game that's going to be coming later on the podcast network that's what we do in hopes of making money um well you know what no no in hopes of of Having our our endeavors be be fruitful and be uh, not just monetary. Blah but,
1: blah. No, blah. but seriously,
0: no. <laughs> I mean, no. The, the the point The point being, and I think if that's the point of the end of clerk, like like they were being clerks to make money, but their goal was not to make money. Their goal was to no longer to have jobs, but to to have a life that they could care about, and and have their work be part of that life. So. I mean, I think that that's ultimately what we have tried to do as well, and I think that what we've tried to do with Endlight and with with all of this is has come out of that viewing of Clerks too.
1: I agree. Look, I think you and I both walked out of that. We I don't remember us actually having the conversation at that time, but I think it was it was in both of our minds, uh, just about that situation and kind of just comparing where we were in life and. Well, I, I mean, we it, later had that conversation.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that it it. I think it's, I would call
1: it a revelation.
0: I you know, I think that's a, I think that's a great way to put it. I think that it spoke to people.
1: It certainly spoke to us and to Kevin Smith's credit. It inspired us.
0: Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, really did. And inspired like what you're listening to now comes out of that.
1: An appreciation for what he was able to do. Yeah. To I, us. Yeah. In that theater.
0: Look, I was a fan of the work of Kevin Smith before that. I, I, mean, I, I've, I've made no secret of that. I was a big fan of *Jay and Silent Bob*, *Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back*. I was ready for that. I was there. I was super. I was a super huge fan of the movies. Um, but that day, Kevin Smith, speaking honestly about whatever was coming from his heart when he was writing that, um, changed. I don't want to say unilaterally changed, but but helped nudge in a direction our lives in the way that
1: I sig- think it, it significantly skewed our perspective. Ah,
0: it was a view askew. It was. Um, and, and I think that like, that is the day that maybe I stopped just being a fan of Kevin Smith, the filmmaker and became a fan of Kevin Smith, the guy like, uh, like the reason that I have my love, my little Kevin Smith doll that
1: keeps falling over, that keeps
0: falling over. Um, uh, you know, I, I keep it I keep it near where I'm writing. You know, when I when I'm writing, I have the little Kevin Smith doll the whole time. You know, because I just kind of remember that day. That's what that's what this yeah. is. That's what this is about. Is when I'm when I'm writing, I go, you know, I'm going to buy the Quick Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it falls overhead first.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, He's very top heavy. The action figure
0: so that is the last, uh, we, let's jump back before we close the view Askew universe and say that there is, there are two other kind of significant things that are worth, uh, checking out. If you're a big Kevin Smith fan, you want to check out uh, more Jane's highlight, Bob and view Askew stuff. Um, there is, uh, us, what was supposed to be a network animated series, the clerks animated series. Yes. Um, it's six episodes and it's, uh, it's pretty damned funny.
1: It is pretty funny. Um, uh, and, if
0: you're a fan of Clerks and you're a fan of of that world, and it's world,
1: animated, so how could you not like it? I mean, it's it's
0: it's worth checking out, and you can usually find it really cheap. Like if you can find it, it's usually on sale, so definitely look at that. Um, the other thing is there are a series of comic books, Jane and the Bob stuff. Um, my favorite is Chasing Dogma. Um, what? It goes from the end of Chasing Amy to the beginning of Dogma, and it is it takes place please
1: tell me this isn't like some multiverse thing where no 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 it's it's the continuities match and then there's zombies that show up
0: no no it's it's what's funny about it is actually the plot of Jane and silent bob strike back is taken a lot of it sometimes word for word from the chasing dogma comic um hmm. so like will and holly all that stuff the orangutan but there are some other great things like they end up on the set of uh neil patrick Ho- neil patrick harris filming a, por- a porn movie called doogie nights
1: that's completely in character
0: Um, and so there's stuff like that that's funny too but it's worth checking out Um, he jumped out of the universe in a movie that it was interesting it's a movie that didn't need to jump out of the universe to make which was Zack and Mary make a porno
1: Uh, yes
0: Um, the interesting thing about that movie um, which again another movie on paper, should have worked, right? It's, it should have. It was funny. It's it's funny. It had Elizabeth Banks doing a great job. It had um, Seth Rogen, yeah, in, in the height of Seth Rogen's popularity. Um, it had uh, it had everything going for it.
1: It really did.
0: And it tanked. It did. I, again, it didn't tank. they He made it cheaply, which is what something he does very very well. But it was not a box office success. It made a lot of money on DVD, and it ultimately made its money back, and everybody everybody got paid. Um, And he he's been very clear that Seth Seth and and Mary um, Zach and Mary were was Seth
1: and Mary make a porno that's the sequel was not
0: was not a, a failure because he managed to make it for just just a few million dollars and it made 20 something million dollars and they didn't spend that much to market it and that that on DVD it did well and ultimately again because he makes movies inexpensively he makes movies for 20 million that other people make for you know 70 did you see Zack and Mary of course yeah I mean that's like didn't it feel like an eschew universe movie honestly it didn't to me really because it had all the Star Wars references it I, had, I
1: have to go I mean, it definitely felt like a Kevin Smith film but it didn't feel like, didn't like have the same one of feel? the Jersey films
0: interesting why
1: uh I don't know how to answer that question it just it didn't feel it's, that way. it certainly had more of jay than you would ever much seen much before like, <laughs> much like much like cop-out didn't feel like a jersey film to well, me that's
0: that's different though that's a huge you know, cop-out's a huge difference because he didn't write cop-out
1: oh that's a just a huge cop-out then
0: Zach and Mary Kevin Smith went into uh, into very famously he's already doing smodcast at the point we'll talk about smodcast after we talk about the movies I um, uh, Uh, He went into a funk, and the very first thing he he started doing that he wasn't before is he started smoking weed. Um, What? After. He wasn't a weed smoker. What? He wasn't much of a drinker. He wasn't much of a weed smoker. He He doesn't know what he was missing. He made movies for stoners. He made movies with the bong saber.
1: (laughs) You've played a character named Reefer and have never smoked Reefer in your life. I know,
0: I (laughs) know. But he, like... Evidently, the and he tells the story much better than I do. But he says that he um, woke up the next morning, woke up Saturday morning after Zach and Mary opened. And he describes like Jennifer, his wife, talking about the movie that made on on the money that it made on Friday night. And he goes, So Jennifer Jennifer comes out and says, says, So the movie made, and he's going, Like 20? We made $20 million on Friday night? Mm well she's not saying to maybe she's saying 12 like 20 (laughs) is too high maybe it's 12 12 we couldn't make like 200 million we're not that big (laughs) and that and that ultimately when he heard that this movie was doing about the same business as all his other movies that he went basically locked himself into a room and just smoked weed for a month He had, like, this lost month where he just, like...
1: Doritos take on a whole new meeting.
0: Well, he's talked about that, too, about... about, Has he really... He's talked what well, he's talked about. It. He goes there's a there's a there's
1: a reason it's called Cool Ranch. Well, they, there's he's <laughs>
0: he's talked about how uh, how he smoked weed and then in California they have a service that delivers stuff from convenience stores. And when he oh, did, yeah. when he discovered that he was like, yeah, I want chips and ding dongs and Twinkies. <laughs> 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 and then they showed up and he was keeping them in business. Um, <laughs> uh, so
1: we need one of those.
0: So um so he went out and he wanted to try to do something completely different than he'd ever done before. There was a script for a movie that was going to be called A Couple of Dicks um, and he was going to shoot it. It was going to be... I
1: wonder what the porn name for that would have been.
0: Interestingly, it would have been Cop Out Um, (laughs) uh, uh, with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Um, The interesting thing is that A, it was a script he didn't write and he was doing it because he had never directed something somebody else didn't do anyone to give that a try. Um, He has talked really... He's called The Experience of Working with Bruce Willis Soul Crushing. Um, I can imagine that. Have you seen the guy? I have.
1: You have, actually. Yeah, I have. I've,
0: I've been on set with him. Um, but the, he said that, like, that up until this point, he had been making Kevin Smith movies because he was the writer. He was the director. Of course, it was a Kevin Smith movie. He said, when you're in a Bruce Willis movie, it doesn't matter if you're the writer or the director. It's a Bruce Willis movie. And that Bruce Willis would come in and look at like scenes that had just you know he's looking at the scenes and would just start ripping pages going chuffa, 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 chuffa and he goes what is Chuffa? he goes you know it's chuffa is chuffa um, and what chuffa meant was it was he goes he goes listen people don't want to come in, want me coming to the room and talking they say I'm oh, coming find out what the problem is go off do something else they want to get to the point and and was like he was cutting his own dialogue and he'd go no these are the pages we're doing today. Wow. Um, and and that's just some of the stories that he's told but he said that like for instance if you look at the cover of Cop Out I think that's somebody else's body with uh, a frame from the movie of Bruce Willis's face cuz he wouldn't show up for the photo shoot. What? That's the rumor. I don't know if it's true. It might not be true. I might be misquoting.
1: Dude, Bruce Willis is going to come and kick your ass. Um
0: you know, I don't know if any of it's true, but it's it's look, he's been pretty vocal about the fact that it has been that it was not a pleasant experience. But then he has also criticized himself that he was he didn't earn respect right away because he was so much of a fanboy of Bruce Willis to start off with. Oh. So so he did. He did criticize himself for like they were shooting a scene in a diner and he goes, you know, so so, you know, when he. When he says this, I want you to give him that good Bruce Willis, hmm, you know, like you did when you were doing David Addison back on Moonlighting, and then then give him that other Bruce Willis thing, like you're like, ah, you know, like you did like, like the John McClane, and then when he does this give him one of those Bruce Willis, whoo, you know,
1: like and and oh, I know that one,
0: and that and that eventually Bruce <laughs> Bruce Willis said to him, Kevin, are you trying to tell me how to play Bruce Willis?
1: <laughs> and- I would have just said. Yes,
0: <laughs> and that and 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 actually, Ke- Kevin added to what you said. He said, "Yes, sir," <laughs> and, and, and went back to his chair. And that's and that ultimately, by the end, um, you know, he he said the, that he had the greatest respect in the world for Tracy Morgan. But the 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 situa- and he never comes out and says Bruce Willis's name. He'll go like some people, like Tracy, came to set to work. They came they came with their A game. Then there are other people who working with them as a soul crush. Yeah, Bruce Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't. he doesn't really ever come out and say the name. I don't think he ever wants to be quoted as, as saying that because he was a huge fan of Bruce Willis and I think that ultimately, you know, for whatever, and I think Bruce Willis is good a lot of the time. I really like Bruce Willis a lot of the time. I think it was not a good match and ultimately I don't think it was a good movie. Now the movie still- Did you know
1: that uh, Bruce Willis actually has a weakness? Water. I learned this in Unbreakable. Kevin Smith should have used that tactic against Bruce Willis <laughs> when he was being insubordinate. <laughs> he should have said, "Fuck you, Bruce Willis. Here's some water. Have a little like spray gun on the side." And, like, and just threw water on him. Like, stop being so disobedient. And and then and then when it doesn't work, like he throw the bottle at him. As if he really no. As if you stop it, Bruce Willis.
0: Wow. So cop out failed uh again but because it was made cheaply as usual um it made its money back and like all of kevin smith's films it was um it was successful and like many of them it was not what the big success it was supposed to be um and after that uh going back uh after Clerks 2 he started uh, Kevin Smith started podcasting and made something called Smodcast it was supposed to be a hobby with him and Scott Mosher and it was a podcast that he did that, that he then expended, expanded to the, uh, the Smodcast network and then he also started going on Twitter and suddenly built up a following not suddenly but he built this following of, of a, over a million uh, Twitter a followers a lot of people started doing live shows um, all across the country doing Q&A's
1: Um, interestingly enough one of those you went to I
0: went to and I talked to him and Um, you
1: spoke to him and did something with him what did you do okay, with Kevin at, Smith? At
0: the DC q and I did uh, walk up to him and gave him a copy of Ninjas vs. Zombies, and he he had the audience No, 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 no,
1: no. you got to tell the story that predicated that. The guy before you was like, you've inspired me, and oh, I just yeah. made a movie, and oh, you, you yeah. had this whole thing worked no, he, out no, in your head.
0: No, he he said he was making a movie, or something like that. Like, And uh, my whole thing was, I was going to say you were I was going to sort of tell the story that we just told, like you were a big inspiration. <laughs> and the guy said, you inspired me, and I want to be a filmmaker, and blah, blah. And so I got up to him, and I was like, um <laughs> Here I made this movie.
1: <laughs> you know what that guy said, except here's the box. Please um, watch and 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 enjoy. And so that's that was, yeah. What a
0: day, man! What a like, like to be face to face with that guy. Now Kevin Smith is um, he's really interesting. Uh, Kevin Smith has this thing for Wayne for Wayne Gretzky. Has I thought you were gonna
1: say for wings?
0: No, he has this thing <laughs> for for Wayne Gretzky, where he has discovered the story of Wayne Gretzky and considers Wayne Gretzky to be the role model after which he wants to like pattern his life. Um, he's become friends with Wayne Gretzky's father. Um, he supports Wayne Gretzky's charities, but he has not met, or if he met, it was only briefly, but he's not used his celebrity status or the fact that he could meet Wayne Gretzky to meet Wayne Gretzky. And when asked on Twitter, why, don't you just go meet Wayne Gretzky? I
1: would use my celebrity status all the time. You know what he
0: said though? He said, he said, he said, I don't, he said, I need, he said, I need Wayne Gretzky to be a God. I don't need him to be a man. I don't need him to be a guy that I can talk to. I need him to be the guy that inspires me. His story, the, what he is to me now inspires me. I don't need to go and meet the guy because that's just a guy. I'm mean, what the person I'm going to meet is a flesh and blood guy who's a who's a person, and I don't need him to be that for me. And it's really it's a, it's really interesting the the way that like I kind of don't have that self control. I'm like I'm like Kevin Smith is that in a lot of ways for me, and I needed to meet the guy. I was like hi.
1: Yeah, let me let me be really clear here. Justin Timberlake is a huge Kevin Smith fan. I I I am I am becoming more of a fan as time goes by because I've enjoyed oh pretty Lord. much all his films, with the exception of Cop Out. I I I just you know, no, it's fair. That's fair. I didn't care for it. I'm You're looking not alone. forward to Red State. You're not alone. Uh, really looking forward to Red State, and and I've heard his 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 uh, his comedy. I've heard some snippets from the podcast, and I've been impressed.
0: So talking about Smodcast, he built this podcast into a network of podcasts that all have thousands of thousands of listeners. And some of you listening now probably were Smodcast listeners and heard the ad that we that we put on Smodcast Internet Radio that they just started. Um, and and he has used this and the Q and As he did. Um, to get financed, uh, his first truly independent film since clerks, the first film that was self-financed. He had investors, but he was not studio studio financed. And he put together this film called red state. Um, and he made it for $4 million and he toured it around the country and signed, uh, just signed a D, uh, the DVD release rights. And I think he got something like two or three million dollars for it. So between those that signing and doing I think he said he made two million dollars on the tour. He's now made five million dollars in his four million dollar film and he's not going to do any advertising for it because he's got his network and he's got his his Twitter feed and he's doing it through that. And he goes, look, we're in the black now and we haven't released.
1: That's incredible.
0: Um he goes and, and he goes, so when we do our theatrical release, we're not gonna be as big, we're not gonna make twenty million dollars, but we don't need to. We you know, we're already in the black. So we'll be able to make great deals with theaters and he's truly doing a true self distribution thing with that. And that is That is respectable. And I'm hoping that it's the next stage for us. And I mean I think that's gonna end up being something that inspires other filmmakers. It certainly is inspirational to us. It's part of the reason for the podcast network. The idea that like, is it possible with new media to really do this yourself, to really go out there and, and get the movies out there yourself and get like, like get it out to the public. And if he can do it, why can't we? And if we can do it or, you know, why can't anyone else? And I think that the, the wall that used to exist that like there were regular people and then there were Hollywood people, and you need you know, Warner Brothers to make your film. I think that now you've got, you know, he is helping to break down those walls for independent filmmakers. And, you know, I, I again, yet another thing that makes me not just be a fan of the, man, of the products of the man, but a fan of the man himself. The next film is going to be a film called Hit Somebody. It's going to be a hockey film. It's going to be, uh, um, you know, undoubtedly inspired by Gretzky um and is going to be uh i don't know much about it. i haven't read the script he's going to be releasing the script as he writes it uh online um so people can read snippets um and he's going to get their feedback via twitter and he's wow. and he's going to he's going to write the script and get the audience involved through the he's enti- going
1: to have to make a lot of tweets for that entire script
0: what he's doing Oh, so what he'll do is he'll um, he he said he's going to release a couple of scenes at a time he's already released a couple you know listen to the feedback the overall feedback what works what doesn't Um, he's going to get the audience involved even during the pre-production process and make the film hit somebody and then he's quitting what is he quitting making movies why doesn't want to do it anymore he says he feels like he's told. Totally and how
1: does that make you feel as someone who's been inspired by his filmmaking?
0: Um, that he's going to quit. You know what? I am still inspired by the fact that he's decided to quit. I think that's a brave choice. I think that ultimately he he told the stories. Look, the stories that he told, the stories he was good at telling, was a story of you know the end of Generation X being sort of dissatisfied with where they were. And he said, you know, it, quite honestly, he can't write that story. He, how often can a, can he write a story like Clerks? When he wrote Clerks, he was working in a video store. Miramax has said they might want to remake Clerks without Kevin Smith.
1: What? Yeah. That's like Buffy without
0: Joss. That doesn't work. Um, actually, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> um, because Kazans, I think, um, who own uh, Buffy are going to be making a Buffy. Kazooie the kazooies yeah very good yes uh they're gonna be be making a buffy movie without joss
1: (laughs) that's such a smart move
0: this move's gonna make house potty look like house potty too (laughs) (laughs) i brought your coffee sir (laughs) um no i respect look i respect that the guys i respect that the guys walking away um and he's not walking away from entertainment. This is what he wants to do now. He, what we're doing now—the podcast, the internet radio, the live shows—because he owns he owned a place. He's closing it now called Smodcastle. That he he's closing it because he um, they were sell it only had fifty seats, and every single show was selling out. And so he has moved to a larger comedy club where he continues to sell out um, weekly live shows. And he goes, "It's he goes making movies is just not it doesn't have the same appeal for him." He's like he's he's got enough of an audience
1: that he can. He should try his uh, his hand at the ninjas versus. Uh, you know
0: what? I would I would hand it to him. You would hand it to him? I would if he handed me
1: money. <laughs> <laughs> I did, didn't say for free. Um, <laughs> He'd be like, my only stipulation: I want to recast man, that fucker, Kyle. I, just,
0: I would be happy if that guy. <laughs> I would be happy if that guy saw it, man. I just want to go look. You're you're fingerprint in my life is there it's in this movie the way that I'm influenced by the way you write and the way Joss Whedon writes and I've been called out in bad reviews for trying to ape what they do but I like I I was inspired by these guys a lot and
1: and now you're podcasting about it yeah
0: well I mean and I think that's ultimately you know if you're listening to this you know still then you've got a lot of patience so thank you Um, but if you're listening to this you're a fan of Kevin Smith and you're a fan of podcasting. You're probably a fan of Spodcast.
1: And you're a fan of me.
0: Um and you should be a fan of Daniel Ross. Daniel Ross is the man. Um I am the man. He is the man. He's and that's the problem. He's oh. Well, oh. Well done, Chaka. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> um <laughs> so I mean that's look, I don't know what the guy's gonna do next. Um, I listen to Spodcast. I'll I feel like I'm in the this club of people who know what what he's doing. Um the thing about small that I love and I guess it's a good place to, to start wrapping it up is that, that he is so honest sometimes about stuff that is too honest. You know, he, he talks about his failures. He talks about, uh, you know, he became very famous last year for being tossed off a plane. That's true. Um, That's true. And
1: I gained a lot of respect for that guy.
0: Um, you know, here's, Here's the deal and and for anybody who hasn't heard this specific podcast where he talks about getting thrown off the plane. He said It made news. Well, it's all over the news. He said what he did, he said what he does. He goes, he buys an entire row of seats a lot of the times, not because he's fat, but because he's famous. And he goes, look, he goes, it, he, he goes, I'm not really famous. I'm not Brad Pitt. I don't think I'm really famous, but I have occasionally been seated next to someone who's like you're you know, he goes, he goes, a lot of times I'm on that plane. I buy cheap seats on Southwest because I can afford to buy three if I buy in Southwest and I can sit there and do my work. I can lay back. I can have my space. But what happened was that he was like, because of a mix up, he ended up being in a seat next to someone else. And they thought that he had bought the extra seats because he was forced to, and he wasn't forced to, he'd bought it because he chose to, and he ended up not having them because of a mix-up, and it turned out that there was nothing about what he was doing that he couldn't meant he couldn't fly, but they ended up kicking him off the plane and doing it really publicly, and they like he went on he he couldn't believe they way the way they treated him. He met someone else that they had done that too, and he was
1: very vocal about it.
0: He was very vocal about he it. He
1: used his celebrity to be very vocal about it, and it worked.
0: It didn't. It didn't. Let's be clear. He was very vocal about it, but I think it got him more attention than maybe he wanted to. But it ended up, you know, again, that was the second giant downfall he's talked about. He said the end of Zach, right before, right after Zach and Mary released. And he said and then after the the what he calls the too fat to fly incident. Um, yeah. But he said he said what happened is that meant that when he was doing the tour, he bought a tour bus. He rented a tour bus and then bought a tour bus and then decided to by smodcastle said well if i'm going to be on a bus the whole time why don't i just be in a place and then that led to him doing the other live shows which eventually led to smodcast internet radio which led to red state and he said that 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 horrible incident ended up being the thing that made it to something better and i think that that's you know again reasons why i'm a fan of kevin the guy is because of stuff like that is because you know he took something look he said he said he almost wanted to send a uh, a thank you card to tiger woods because the Tiger Woods incident with the golf club happened like five days after the two flat to fly incident. When, when his wife like attacked his car and like when it came out that he was having mistresses and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. because he's
1: fucking Tiger yeah. Woods and he can do what he wants. And that,
0: and that was five days after the two flat to fly things. He said for five days, Kevin Smith said for five days, any paper I opened up said fat director kevin smith and he said he said so so when on day five i opened that section and it said tiger woods he goes i wanted to send the guy a card (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) um
1: has it occurred to you that maybe he paid tiger woods to have that whole incident right because tiger woods is 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 desperate for kevin smith money
0: (laughs) hey it's good like he turned that into something else and and made something out of it and again i respect the guy because that's like we had our share of, of difficulties, um, during and after zombies. And I think we're, yes, we did. We're turning what, what we do? We turned it into ultimately this is, this is a, is, is part of that is going, okay, how can we start buying the quick stop? I uh, I think that that's a process and I think that that's something that he's exemplified. And I, and I, you know, he said, you know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll end my little tirade on Kevin Smith is to say that he talks about Gretzky a lot and says that, um, Gretzky's dad would take Gretzky out into the backyard and and built him a hockey rink in the backyard so his son can learn to pay, play hockey, then would take him to hockey games and draw a diagram of the rink and show where the puck is most likely going to be during a game. And he said, the great players, they don't chase the puck. They know where the puck is going to go. Never go after the puck. Go where the puck is going to be. I guess that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go where the puck is going to be. We're trying to we're trying to buy the quick stop. We're trying to go make it as much as of our own, you know, to take eventually what we do out of the hands of other people who control us monetarily and control us and in creatively and go. We can continue to make it our thing and eventually, hopefully, in ten years, we're just it's just us. We're we're not selling this to anyone except the people. And that's that would be awesome. And that's the goal. I it think. will be awesome. It will be awesome. It will. Yes, sir. And and so that's, you know, if there's any chance Kevin's listening, or even to this part, if someone said, hey, you should listen to the last five he minutes. He turned off
1: like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, but, you know, maybe someone <laughs> clued him into the last.
0: But look, if you're listening and you like this and you think that Kevin should hear the last five minutes of the podcast where we talk about how his philosophy going the puck is going has influenced us, let him know. If you're listening, go ahead, tweet him and say, listen, the last five minutes of this really long podcast you won't want to listen to, the last five <laughs> minutes is is. About how people are trying to follow that example, and I think that that's he it for himself. He's a guy who started in a quick stop, became beholden to the studio system for years, stepped out of the studio system really famously. Said, "I'm going to do it on my own," and now he's completely the like the master of his own destiny. He is the man. And here we are, and we're like, okay, we are now. We have distributors. We love our distributors right now. They're really great for yes, our films. We do. It doesn't mean that one day it wouldn't be great. To just be able to go directly You know I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who feel The same so you know kudos Kevin You know for making kudos Kevin Thank you thank you for the movies thank you For the 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 podcast and more Than that thank you for nudging our lives into This very weird place where we now live
1: Please please do a version of the Matrix Where you're Agent Smith that would be Awesome (laughs) it really really would Be and have Jay be the one I was gonna say have Randall Nah 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 fuck Randall have it Have it be Jay I know Kung Fu, bitches.
0: Bang. (laughs) (laughs) Snoogans. <laughs> all right. Motorboat. So, listen. If you like this, even if you didn't like this, please go over to our other podcast, the Unlight Podcast Network. Trek off is our podcast about Star Trek with me and Alexia, where we talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and and all sorts of things, and we say fuck more than we should on a Star Trek podcast. The but, hot mess. The hot mess with Phil Stamper, who talks about uh, mashing up entertainment news. Phil um, Stamper is entirely entertaining. Uh, the Suckcast, which is a lot like the Smodcast. If you like Smodcast, you'll probably Corey dig, and Dan. You'll probably dig the Suckcast a lot. Um, and then Ninjas Versus You, where you. Get to actually hear us talk about our films and we talk about Clerks too in our very first episode of Ninja vs. You where we talk sort of the same story but then what we did directly after. Finally, the <laughs> last thing I would say is Ninjas vs. Vampires is our film and yes. it's, uh, it's as long as this podcast but way more entertaining. It is very uh, entertaining. And uh, check out the trailer at com, and give us an order. If you order from us there, uh, you get a free CD. So, do that and if you order from us at that website you also we get the the money and so please do yes Um, we want money we need money so we can make more Um, so thank you guys thanks for listening this is pop off I'm Justin
1: and I'm Daniel pop off We are now part of the light Podcast Network with such awesome shows like Trek Off, Pop Off, The Hot Mess Podcast with Phil Stamper, and Ninjas Versus You. Subscribe to those, they're going to be fun. It's going to be neat. But we're still number 1. Cuz we're supposed to be Cuz the- we're the oldest. Endlightpodcast.com. Go there.